At the conclusion of our message last week, if you caught it, if not, go, go to our uh, YouTube page at Impact Pittsburgh on YouTube and check it out. But at the end of that message, we talked about those some things in our life that we think we just cannot live without. Whatever those some things are, we all have something. Maybe it's one thing or multiple things that when we get down to it, we think, I need this in my life. I can't live without this in my life. And it causes us to go through these endless pursuits to try to fill something. Because here's the struggle. Within each of us are unspoken voids. Every one of us has an unspoken void within, the, within our soul. You know, when God created us, he created us with a need within our own soul, within our own hearts. A lot of times we would call it God-shaped holes within our heart. It's those unspoken voids. The reality is this. God created you and me with a deep spiritual need and longing for him. But here's the problem. Because we don't understand that deep spiritual need and that void within our own hearts, we find ourselves as searching and running because when voids get unmet, there's vacuums that are created. Maybe you've seen it before, like when you see a leadership vacuum or a ministry vacuum or something at work, when all of a sudden there's a void in the job, something jumps in there to try to fulfill that need. And the drift happens naturally if it's not intentionally taken care of. And the same is true in our spiritual journey. We have this unspoken void in our heart that sometimes we don't even realize or understand. And then what happens is because we don't meet it, this vacuum is created. And this vacuum is just pulling anything it can in from the world to fill the voids in our hearts. And our hearts become so consumed with some things that we feel will fulfill those voids. And then all of a sudden those some things, whatever it may be, we think we can't live without. Maybe it's relationships, maybe it's this job, maybe it's your activities, your hobbies, whatever it may be. All these maybe good things and maybe not, become these things that the vacuum of our soul just pulls in, thinking that it will fill whatever that hole is that we maybe don't even realize, and then we think we can't live without this. And then we become more drifters than intentional people on a pursuit of something greater than ourselves. You know, as the drift happens, we get overwhelmed with life and rather than living intentionally, we drift from experience to experience or video to video or music to music or whatever it may be in this world, trying to just bring joy into our life, trying just to fill something. You know, years ago, my family and I went on a vacation to Colorado, and while we were there, we went to this swimming hole. It was a great spot along this riverbed, and it was a good spot because the current was further out, and because how the land broke, it broke the current, and so you had this perfect little spot to swim. And so there I was sitting on the edge of the water, just watching my boys swim and play and throw the ball around and just having fun with their buddies and those people that we were with, when all of a sudden it happened. My one son, I saw the fear in his eyes as I saw him go back too far and the current got a hold of him. He could no longer touch the ground and I saw him begin to drift away. And so I instantly jumped up and I swam as fast as I could to where he was. I grabbed him and I pulled him up and all of a sudden I realized I was in the current now too. 
And so with him on my back, I was doing everything I could to get my feet on the ground, which was getting harder and harder as I tried to race up the current to get back to the safe haven of our little uh, nudge within the water, the protection area. And I fought my way, and finally I found my way back to that area to safety. But here's something I learned in that experience. You know, if we're not careful, it happens naturally. Our heart drifts into the current of this world. And this world's current is trying to pull us in all these different directions to try to satisfy the void that's within all of our hearts that's only fulfilled by a relationship with Jesus. Yet we gravitate and embrace all these other things to try to fulfill that void, that natural void in our own hearts. And then before you know it, we all get caught up in the current of this world and we're fighting. And once you get caught up into the current of this world, guess what? It's so much harder to fight going upstream than it was when we were in the safe haven. And here's the challenge that we have in our life. Too many of us are caught trying to swim upstream in this current. Trying to figure out how do I feel this unspoken void in my heart. And we're all chasing something. And because we've got caught up in the current, because we don't understand the reality of the God-given hole in our heart that's only fulfilled through Him, here we are chasing something. Every one of us is chasing something to find the joy in our life, to complete the joy in our life. And it's just an endless pursuit. Why? Because it will never be fulfilled outside of a relationship with Jesus. God created us. God hardwired us spiritually to be longing to have a connection with him. That's where complete joy is found. But yet when we don't strive for that and pursue that, and we start to pursue and chase other things to try to fulfill that, we're just in the cycle and drift and the current of this world that's constantly pulling us down and pulling us away. And we wonder, why is my joy never complete? Why am I happy today and tomorrow? I just want to go hide. You know, what, what's going on? So what are you trying to chase? What are you trying to embrace that you feel will bring the joy to completion in your heart? Because I don't think it ever will. I just think that will cause you to embrace some things that become um, strongholds in your life that then keep you away from really experiencing the true joy that's only found in Jesus. You see, my friends, complete joy is found the more we embrace Jesus. That's where it's found. The more we seek him, the more we long for him, the more we chase him, the more we find joy. The more you chase yourself, the more you chase your desires, the more you chase what you feel you want to try to fill that void, or the more you just try to go through life just however it flows, and you just kind of drift in, the more and more you'll sink into the abyss of joylessness rather than joy, complete joy. You know, Paul put it this way. We're kind of following along through Philippians as we find joy, as we walk also with Jesus' birth story. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, the apostle Paul writes this. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Do not look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul says, you want to find complete joy, then it's like-mindedness. That's a huge word. That's a key word in understanding the path towards finding complete joy in our life. What does it mean to have like-mindedness with Jesus? You know, in how, it's all about how we experience joy. It's all about how we experience peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians. And Jesus is the author and the example of all these characteristics and the completion of it. And this is all under the umbrella of love. You see, my friends, love is not a selfish ambition. It's not a self-focused pursuit. It's not self-driven. Love looks beyond what I feel I may want to something bigger than myself and to others. It looks to what's God's best for me. You see, God designed you to have a relationship with him because he has your best interest in mind. The world doesn't. It's just drifting you down the current of life, trying to sweep you away. But the creator of everything that is, that came into the world as a man, to die on the cross, is full of love with your best interest in mind. You see, the common cry in our world today is everyone deserves to be loved. And I agree with that 100%. Every one of you, every one of us deserves to be loved. The question is, how do we experience love and how do we express love? See, I think the current of this world has caused us to believe that the fulfillment of love and joy and peace and goodness and all those things is found in those some things that we embrace to try to fill the void in our heart. But those things that you're chasing, that stuff you're trying to embrace, it's never going to fill the God-shaped hole, the void that God created you with. Because ultimately God created you for a longing for him. But Satan gets in the way and the current of life happens, and it causes us to be drifted away from the reality that he was the one that our heart is longing for, our soul is longing for, and so we try to find other things to satisfy, but they never do. When I was younger, I had a, I'll be honest with you, I had an addiction to Coca-Cola Classic. Yeah, I mean, I grew up drinking Coke like crazy. I mean, I had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and several times in between. I'm not lying. I mean, there would be days that would go by, and that's all I drank. I mean, it was Coca-Cola Classic. It's amazing I'm still standing here today. I'm like probably like brittle ready to fall. And then I, I kind of went to my adulthood with that addiction for Coca-Cola Classic. I mean, I thought water is bland and boring. I mean, to spice up a good meal, you need Coke. Without that, the meal is just not complete. And then so my wife was like, stop drinking that stuff. And then we kind of made a rule, it can't be in the house, which that was the best thing that she ever did to me. I didn't like her at the time. (laughs) 
But that was one of the best decisions she ever made because that was something in my life that I thought I just can't live without. Seems minor, but for my physical self, it was destroying me. You know, and then also I realized, hey, water's not that bad. It's not. In fact, I can fit more of this yummy food in my belly with water than I can with Coke. All those air bubbles take up all that room. That was one blessing. Another thing I realized is all that time drinking that, I was, my body was never satisfied. My thirst was never quenched. The commercials lied, man. But when I started drinking water, I found my physical body being satisfied. It was. Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. Our spiritual self is longing for something to satisfy it that was created by the master designer himself who came in this world as a man to die on the cross. Your soul longs for him, whether you realize it or not. But the current of this world gets in the way and causes us to drift away, to gravitate to other things, the coke of the spiritual world, right? That we think satisfies us, but it never does. It just leaves us constantly thirsting for more. That's what sin does. You know what the problem with coke and those types of those bad uh, food is there's something in them that causes you to long it again, long and again. Why? So that you get addicted to it. And that's the same thing that sin does. The spiritual world works in the same way. Those things we embrace ourselves on. You see, it never satisfies. All it does is within our soul, it creates an addiction for more and more and more until internally we think, I can't live without this, whatever it may be. And then we don't put it aside. And then we just embrace it more and more. Try to feeding our soul with unhealthy spiritual stuff that just deteriorates us spiritually. When all along our soul was longing for him. He's the one who satisfies. He's the one who will be the fulfillment. You see, Jesus is the one that we can't live without. He's the one who will truly satisfy. And just like me finally saying, no more Coke in the house. I'm not drinking it anymore. I slipped and fall a couple times, I'll be honest. But I said, I'm done. And it made a difference for me physically. Spiritually speaking, there are some things in your life that you know, or maybe you don't know, that's getting in the way from your heart being fully satisfied that at some point you just need to say, I'm done with this. I'm putting it away. It's not going to be my house. It's not going to be in my life because it's just getting in the way. It may not be necessarily a horrible thing, but you know what? It's getting in the way because he's the one who will satisfy me. He's the one. And at some point, we need to make that because Jesus is the one who satisfies me. He is the fulfillment of complete joy, of peace, of goodness, of all the things that your heart has been longing for. He is the satisfier of your soul. He is the one that we should be chasing after. He is the one that when we become like-minded with him, embracing him, walking towards him, we will experience joy. You see, humility, Paul writes about, is the path towards complete joy. When we walk in humility, that is putting myself aside for the sake of following him and for other people. 
You see, I don't live each day for Bill. Because here's the crazy thing. The more I try to please me, the more I try to do what I want, the more dissatisfied I become. It's crazy. But here's the crazy thing. The more you live beyond yourself, for others, just like what the Bible teaches, the more you live beyond yourself, walking towards Jesus, joy just happens. It just happens. See, the Bible teaches, and Jesus is the example, that life is found in the pursuit of, of holiness and humility. Jesus exemplified humility. He was born in humble conditions, and ultimately he died in humble conditions. And from his birth to the cross, this man walked a life of humility. And he says, follow after me. Follow after me in the same way. See, going back to his birth story, we know last week for Mary and Joseph, things didn't go the way that they planned it. They had to redirect their plans is what we talked about last week. And, and they try to experience who he was even when their plans don't go their way. And, and I'm sure that then they thought, okay, well, this is, <clears throat> God's got this together. Let's get this all figured out. And then plans got redirected again as the census came out. And look what happens in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 of the birth story. In those days, Caesar <clears throat> Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken for, of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. See, Mary and Joseph, I think, realized something. At this point on, life wasn't really going to go the way that they hoped it to. Life wasn't really going to go the way that they planned it. And they had to walk with Jesus. I think as you read this part of the story of the birth, there's two things that, as you read between the lines, really begun to stuck out to me that I hope is a blessing to you and encouragement to you and challenges you in your journey. You see, the first thing that I think really sticks out to me is the reality that Mary and Joseph found themselves in humble conditions. It was no longer life was going to be how I wanted it. Life wasn't going to be after my own pursuits because life needs to be me pursuing him. And the reality is this. The Bible calls us to walk in humility and it causes us and challenges us to say, listen, you have a choice. You can either walk in humility or one day you will be humbled. That's the message of the Bible. Life will one day humble you. So you have a choice. With every breath you take, with every day you wake up, you can choose to walk in humility or know that one day life will humble you. What will be your choice? How will you walk? For Mary and Joseph, here they were finding themselves in humble conditions, knowing that our life is no longer about pursuing what I thought it was going to be. Our life is no more getting up and thinking, this is how my day is going to be. Here we are now on this journey to Bethlehem. We should be home, getting ready for the wedding, getting ready for this baby, getting our house in order. But here we are on traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That wasn't in our cards. That wasn't in our plans. 
That's not what we hope for. And you see, at some point in their journey, they had to put themselves aside for what God might be calling them towards. And they walked in humility. And like I said, for Jesus, he was born in humble conditions. And throughout his life, he walked in humility. His existence was to show us what that meant to be the example. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote about this in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. He wrote, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Do you see that? Jesus was born, he lived, and he died in humility. Why? Because he loves you. Because more than anything, he knows that you and I were created with a God-shaped hole for him. And despite our efforts to walk away from him, despite the fact that we get caught up in the current of this world, he's going to fight and fight and fight for your heart. And that thought brought him to the world, and that thought brought him to the cross. Maybe you never thought about this, but you are the reason he died. I was the reason he died. Because he loves you. Because more than anything, he wants you to experience him for all eternity. See, Jesus gave up his life so that we have the opportunity to experience complete joy through him. That's ultimately why he came. My friends, this is joy. This is love. This is peace. You see, Mary and Joseph and the going on the census to Bethlehem taught us the reality of what it means to walk in humility. But here's another thing as I read between the lines that just stuck out to me recently. Do you ever think about Mary and Joseph when they walked to Bethlehem, who they were walking with? They're walking with Jesus. He was in their belly. He was in her belly. That's the first glimpse we get with people walking with Jesus. He was about to come into this world to give every one of us an opportunity to just simply walk with him. And as I read the story, it just kind of stuck out to me. Oh my goodness, Mary and Joseph, you're walking in complete humility and you're walking towards Bethlehem, paving a path in this journey, showing us that we all, for all generations to come, have the opportunity to walk with this man, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who's about to be born into this world. You are giving us, in this humble condition, an opportunity to walk with the creator of all that is. You have an opportunity to walk with him. Your ultimate goal in life, our ultimate desire for you as a church, if we feel, boy, we are nailing it, God is doing amazing things, is this, is that individually and collectively that we would just simply make it our effort, our goal, our intentions every day just to walk with Jesus. 
That's what Mary and Joseph in this story finally had to get to. I don't know how tomorrow is going to unfold. I don't know what the end of this road is going to bring. All I know is this. Today, I'm walking with him. And you know what? He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. See, we have so much difficulty trying to find joy because we're trying to make our world what we want it to be. We're not walking in humility. We're walking for ourselves. But when we put ourselves aside and chase after him who created a a hole in our heart for him, when we walk towards him, when we embrace him, when we make it our goal every day, I'm going to walk with him. I promise you, there you find joy. There you find peace. You find comfort and you find strength. Well, but how do I walk with him daily? What does that look? I mean, that sounds great. Well, do this. When you wake up each morning before you do anything else, just open up the Bible and read. I don't care if it's one verse or a passage. Just start the day in that word. The Bible says his word is living and active. It's alive for God, the creator of all, to speak into your life. Do that. And just pray, God, show me your heart today. Show me what you want from me today. God, will you just guide my steps today? And then choose that day to walk faithfully with him. And just watch what happens. Watch what happens. All those things you thought would complete the joy in your life, you'll realize they never fulfilled me. But he does. Will you just walk with him? It's like Mary and Joseph on that road to Bethlehem. I don't know how this is going to unfold. This is not where I want to be, maybe. But he's with me, and that's all that matters. You know, Jesus is by our side. And he gives us the opportunity to fully accept him, to walk with him. Maybe you've never thought about that before. But I encourage you in this moment right now to make a commitment. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. I want to experience you. Because one day, whether you choose it or accept it, we will all experience Jesus in his full glory. Paul wrote this in Philippians 2, 9 through 11 as he closed out that thought. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. You see, what Paul is saying here is what's repeated over and over again from the mouth of Jesus through the letters to the, to the book of Revelation. And that is one day Jesus is coming back in all victory. One day every knee will bow. And at that moment, whether your last breath and he calls you home or he comes back, one day you will bow before that throne. And you will either be bowing down, saying, I bowed before you my whole life, or maybe a day in my life. I gave it to you, Father. You've walked in humility. Or, 
you'll reject that. And one day you'll be humbled. And you'll bow before him, realizing that he's the king. And you lived your life in rejection of him. So you have a choice. You can either walk in humility or one day we'll be humbled. One day every knee will bow. One day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, my friends, Jesus gives joy that lasts for all eternity, that lasts beyond whatever you're experiencing right now. And that day when he calls, what will you be embracing? Who will you be embracing? I hope that today, if you haven't before, that you, may, that you realize the reality of this, that you embrace him. Because if Jesus' words are not true, you really did not miss out on anything. But if they are true, you have the opportunity to miss out on the most important thing this universe has ever known. Don't miss it. You can experience his joy today. If you wanna talk to somebody about how you can experience his joy, how you can walk with him daily, what that means for your life, stop by the Engage Impact afterwards, after the service, and someone will be there today. I'd love to pray with you and help you take steps towards experiencing the love that God has for you. Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, we seek you. Lord, we just cry out to you. Father, I don't know what everybody's going through or what those somethings are in their life that have strongholds of their heart. But Lord, right now, I just pray that you give us the ability to just understand and know what that is. And then also the ability to put that aside to realize that you are the one that we can't live without. And Lord, for those who do that, I just pray that you overwhelm them with your joy, your peace and your goodness and your love. May they experience you. Lord, help us to walk in humility. Help us to walk with you every day. We'll slip up and fall, but Lord, when we do, you'll be right there to pick us back up. And Lord, pick us up and just guide us towards you. Guide our steps. It's in your name we pray. Amen.